welcome to episode 580 of the Entertainment 2.0 podcast brought to you by the digitalmediazone.com. I'm Josh Pollard, and this is the show that puts you in control of your favorite movies, music, shows, and games. No Richard this week. It's been another crazy, crazy week for both of us, really. And frankly, probably kind of a good week for, for Richard to miss the show because there's a little bit more gaming news than other stuff to discuss. And well, we all know how Richard feels about gaming. So we should be back to normal shows soon, which should include uh, the the live stream. We do like to record the show live on Twitch every week for you all. And with Richard being in a new house, you get to see a new background, his own studio that he's working on building specifically for podcasting. So I can't wait to share that with you. I'm sure Richard can't wait to share that with you. Uh, one thing that we love is when we get to share listener feedback. Unfortunately, we don't have any this week, but if you'd like to send us some next week, then you can email us at entertainment20 at the digitalmediazone.com. So let's just dig right into the news this week. So on the video side, not a lot going on, to be honest with you all, but a little bit of news out of CNN. They are yet another service who's working on changing their their current streaming offerings and an and app offering that they've got now and looking at providing their own full-fledged streaming service. And of course, that means with a subscription. So like basically every other streaming service out there, the name has a plus at the end. So it's going to be called CNN Plus. And over the last few months, if not years, CNN has been promising that CNN Plus would be this fantastic standalone service and that it would be coming soon. And it might still be coming soon, but it sounds like it's not necessarily going to be exactly like what you might be hoping for. So it looks like what they're planning to do now is that CNN Plus will be an add-on to their existing CNN app. So CNN, of course, one of the, the most popular news networks in the U.S. at least. I'm, I'm not sure how big they are outside of the U.S., uh, but here in the U.S., they're pretty much one of the the big two, maybe big three. And they've they've had a mobile app and an app on, on lots of platforms for a while. And it looks like CNN Plus, instead of being a standalone service entirely on its own, it's just going to be built in as an add-on to the CNN app. And I think that's generally a good thing. Uh, we saw, we've seen other providers do similar things. So think back a few years where you might have had on your phone an ESPN app and a watch ESPN app that would allow you to watch live ESPN or ESPN3. Uh, you know, ESPN and ESPN2 could be watched if you had a cable subscription. You could log in using TV everywhere to be able to watch that. And then they eventually scrapped the watch ESPN app and now all of it, including ESPN Plus, is just available inside of the regular ESPN app. I think it's a better way to go because it's less confusing for users. They don't have to have so many different apps installed. They don't have to wonder like, uh, well, I, 
I'm in ESPN. I've got ESPN Plus. Why can't I just watch everything here? Now you can. So I think it's really smart for CNN to be going in the same direction with CNN Plus. I think the biggest downside to this, but also not entirely unexpected, is that CNN Plus almost definitely will not be showing you the live stream that you would see if you turned on a cable TV. And the reason for that is simple. Contracts. CNN already has contracts in place with the cable providers, and the cable providers don't want to give that up. And it it makes sense for them. If, If they gave that up, then you might not have any more reason to pay for your cable package. And that's probably exactly what you were hoping for is to be able to to just pay a few dollars a month for CNN plus and cut your cable bill if if live news was the main thing that was keeping you on cable still. So that's probably not going to happen, which leaves us wondering what is going to be on CNN plus. It's not going to be the same live feed, but it's still CNN. So there's going to be live news coverage in some way, I would imagine. I I would expect this to look a lot more like the competing apps from things like CBS News and ABC and, and those types of apps where it's it it has the appearance of a live news feed, but maybe it's not actually. Maybe it's repeating news clips from the last hour or something. And frankly, I think in most cases, that's probably enough unless there's something major going on. Like, I don't know, if a major nuclear power decided to invade a neighboring country, that that might be something you might want a live news feed for. Not that anything like that would ever happen. No, sure it wouldn't. So getting back to CNN here and their product offerings. So kind of similar, again, to ESPN and, and some of the other similar services out there. They have multiple apps and multiple services, and one of them is called CNN Go. And it sounds like CNN Go will be going away once CNN Plus launches. And they've actually already started to remove the CNN Go app from some video platforms. If you have an older Apple TV, it's already been removed. And so this will continue to disappear and will just be replaced with the regular CNN app. So unfortunately, no dates for any of this. It sounds like maybe hopefully soon. Uh, it sure would sure be nice to see this in the second quarter because it's it just feels like it's been something that we've been talking about forever. And it's time to just finally put this out there. And Fox News, probably their biggest competitor, They've already got their competing services out there, so they're they're kind of missing the boat by not having this out there. A quick audio news update story for you all. We talked back at the end of last year about a new device coming out from Spotify called CarThing, and we, well, maybe I shouldn't speak for Richard, but I definitely looked at this device and thought, I don't understand who wants this, who needs this. And at the time, if you wanted it, you had to really want it because it required getting an invitation from Spotify to even be able to 
buy this thing. So just as a quick recap, what is Spotify car thing? Because the name isn't very descriptive of, of what this is. It's a a small device that has a screen on it. It's got some physical buttons on it. It's got a knob on it that will connect to both your phone and your car stereo to allow you to have a a more custom and and you you know use case specific controller for Spotify in your car. So it still controls Spotify running on your phone, but it's sending the audio either through Bluetooth or through an aux cable to your car stereo. And you know, in theory, the the hard buttons that they have on there that you can program to specific playlist and things like that, and the the big dial that you can turn. Those types of user interfaces are generally better and safer to use while driving because they don't require you to be looking at the screen as much. So that that's great, but it still just feels like a weird device that I I don't entirely see the need for. And I'm a huge Spotify user. I, I talk about Spotify, it seems like every episode of the show. And I don't see the point in this. I use Android Auto or just my Android phone. And it does it just fine with my voice controls. This does have voice controls. You can say, hey, Spotify, and it will listen to your commands. So it's good, I guess. Like it, It's good at solving some of those use cases for driving a little bit more safely. But if you can already do most of the things that you need to do with voice controls on your phone, then I'm not sure how necessary this is. The one nice use case that I can think of is that you can dedicate your whole phone screen to GPS navigation instead of maybe giving up a, a small portion of that screen to your your audio playback through through Spotify. You could also keep your GPS nav up and going while maybe your passenger is fiddling with the Spotify car thing to change what you're listening to and you won't miss an exit off the highway while they're changing playlist or something like that on you. But the the news update here is really that you don't need an invitation to buy this anymore. If you've got $89 burning a hole in your pocket, you can now go and buy a Spotify car thing. If you do, we want to hear from you and and why it is that you bought it and then did it live up to your expectations because I still just can't see a great reason for buying one of these. Now to our gaming news segment. First up, Intel. Yeah, Intel is our first story in the gaming section tonight. And that is because Intel has been hard at work creating their own line of GPUs. It's basically their own competitors to what NVIDIA and AMD have been doing for years now. These new GPUs are called Arc, the Intel Arc GPUs. And they're planning to launch them in notebooks first, and those should start hitting the market sometime in Q2 of this year. And then they're going to have desktop-powered cards available later in the year, probably Q3 timeframe. And of course, all of this is dependent on the global supply chain issues that we're all dealing with. But that's not the news here. The, The bigger news here is that in conjunction with launching Intel Arc, Intel announced something new that they're doing called Project Endgame. 
And this is a streaming service that's powered by their their new line of, of GPUs, their Arc GPUs. And what's what's kind of interesting here is what you might be thinking. Well, Josh is talking about this in the gaming news, so this is a game streaming service then, right? Well, not necessarily. That's not how Intel announced it. What they said is it will be an always accessible, low latency computing experience. That's about as vague as you can get when describing a streaming service from a computing platform. So what could this be? Well, it could be a game streaming service. It could be a more general purpose computing service, though. GPUs are used for other things than just gaming. They're used in data science work and and machine learning and things like that. And you could easily see Intel going after the enterprise to say, stop trying to build your own machines for doing this type of stuff when you can just use our cloud and and do it there and, and stop paying Azure for this and Google for that. Like you trust us and we're making this hardware so we know it's going to run great on this hardware. I could absolutely see that being the target here, but they're GPUs and GPUs are used a ton for gaming and cloud streaming gaming is is getting a lot more popular over the last couple of years. There's a bunch of companies who are in this. Of course, Microsoft is there with the Xbox cloud gaming option. Amazon has Amazon Luna. Google is still hanging on with Google Stadia. NVIDIA has GeForce Now. There's a lot of options here. That's not even all of them. There's a lot of them. And I think these services are just going to get more and more popular. And frankly, as the supply chain issues make it continue to be really difficult to buy a new gaming console, whether you want a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X. They're both really hard to get. Maybe you're trying to build a gaming PC. It's really hard to find GPUs to buy for those. Well, maybe you don't need to buy any of that equipment. Maybe you should just be streaming your games online. Internet speeds have gotten a lot faster, even on mobile, as 5G internet actually starts to become more of a reality in some places. And man, if if you don't have to have all of that equipment in your house or carrying it with you, and it's just going to work beautifully on any device that you're using, assuming you've got a, a high quality internet connection, I don't know. It seems like a pretty good option to me. I've certainly started using the Xbox cloud gaming option to try things out from Xbox Game Pass, and it works pretty well. I haven't done it a ton, but you know, over the last couple of weeks, I've been checking out some other things, and it's been good enough for my little demos, but I haven't tried playing any hardcore, you know, really high-speed uh, games where super low latency would be really, really impactful. But it's clearly the direction the industry is going. And so if Intel jumps in, you know, it it would put them, you know, theoretically on pace with something like NVIDIA GeForce Now, where it is a service where their strong suit is they make the GPUs that the games are running on. You know, whereas with uh, a company like Microsoft, 
they have both the cloud infrastructure in Azure and the gaming background to to supply a really high quality experience here. Amazon Luna, Google Stadia, neither of them are super big in gaming or in hardware, but they are big in the cloud infrastructure space. So, you know, different different niches there for for everybody uh, for all of these companies in the direction that they can attack this problem from and having their own GPUs Intel might might be a good option here so we'll be keeping an eye on project endgame from Intel to see just what they have in in store for that sticking with the cloud gaming news though we we mentioned Amazon Luna it it is the cloud streaming service from Amazon, obviously. Well, Amazon also owns Twitch, the game game video streaming service. It can be kind of hard to describe. If, if you don't know, Twitch is a, a service that anybody can sign up for and just stream video content regardless of what it is. It's most commonly used by gamers who are streaming themselves, playing Fortnite or anything, absolutely anything. We use it for live streaming this podcast. So Amazon owns Twitch and they own Amazon Luna. And one of the things that they had announced when they first announced Luna was that they would integrate the two so that you could be watching someone play a game on Twitch and then jump right into playing that game on Luna. And they've taken the first small step towards starting to integrate that. It's not exactly the experience that I just described. If you're watching your favorite streamer play Apex Legends, you can't just click a button right from their stream and be playing Apex Legends, probably partly because I don't think Apex Legends is available on Luna. But even if it was, that's not there yet. What is there is if you were to go into Twitch and just do a search for a game, you'll be taken to a game-specific page And you'll see all of the streams of people playing that game right now. But also, if that game is playable on Luna and you're logged into Twitch and Luna and you have those two accounts synced up together, on that specific page for that game, there is now a play on Luna button. I think this makes sense. I think it's only the first step, though. Clearly, what Amazon needs to do here is to get it even more deeply integrated to Twitch, put that button on the individual Twitch streamers page so that you can do it right from watching someone play the game. Next up, monetize this, baby. Like, let your Twitch streamers say, hey, if you want to play this game that I'm playing, click the play on Luna button on my page here and you can start playing it and allow those streamers to get a little bit of a cut of that, or or maybe they sign up for Luna through that button, give a little bit of a a, a cut, you know, an affiliate chunk of of revenue to that Twitch streamer. It just makes sense. This is this is so obvious. It has to be coming, but it's not there just yet. For right now, if you want to check this out for yourself, Amazon Luna. There's multiple plans. The cheapest plan starts at four ninety nine a month and it it's gotten good reviews it 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 works pretty well from from most of the people who who have checked it out i've not tried this one on my own but they do offer their own 
game controller that that's fairly similar to an Xbox controller or a PlayStation controller that much like the Stadia controller connects directly to the Luna services through Wi-Fi, which in theory helps reduce latency and things like that because you're not dealing with a Bluetooth connection to your PC or, or whatever device you're connected to. And then to the cloud, the controller is just directly connected to Luna's services. Obviously that controller is a, a separate cost, but you can check out Luna using, you know, an Xbox controller or other Bluetooth controller that you might already have. But that Luna controller is what's going to give you the best experience with that service. One more gaming story, and this one is for you PC gamers out there. Windows 11 is going to be getting some more feature updates relatively soon, and one of them is to bring the Xbox HDR calibration app to Windows 11. So this is an app that will display HDR patterns on your screen and then allow you to calibrate your screen so that it looks the absolute best. It's not the only thing they're doing, though. They're also making some other optimizations specifically targeted at people who want to play games in windowed mode. Typically, you'll get better performance running games at full screen, but that's not always the case. And there are other reasons to run games in windowed mode. And a couple of things that they're going to be adding here is to support auto HDR and VRR. We'll get into those in a second. So auto HDR is just the capability for Windows to say, oh, you're playing a game that would look really awesome in HDR and your computer and display are capable of HDR. So we're just going to do some automatic HDR color configuration, basically, into your game. It's You, know, you can think of auto HDR similar to when your TV or game console or anything like that is able to upscale your video. So maybe you're getting a 1080p feed and it upscales it to 4K to display uh, better on, on your display. It's a similar thing, but for HDR. The other one is VRR. That, that stands for variable refresh rate. This is, this is primarily to, to defeat screen tearing. So if you're playing a game, it, the the refresh rate for that game is typically going to bounce around a lot. You're, you're looking for numbers that are as high as possible, really. Uh, anything above 60 is generally pretty good. But the thing that happens is your display, a, a standard display, will typically run at 60 hertz or 120 hertz, sometimes higher than that. And any time that the game renders at a at a refresh rate that is not the same as your monitor, you start seeing what looks like screen tearing, where it looks like part of the image is is being replaced while the rest of the screen is still showing the old one. And it it's really annoying and and it really ruins the, the immersion experience. And so the way to fix that is we now have variable refresh rate displays that can that aren't just locked to 60 or 120 hertz. They can, a lot of these will go to crazy high refresh rates, 360 hertz for some of them. It's far more common to see 
like 144 hertz and things like that. And then the the display is able to talk directly to the game and and synchronize itself so that it's displaying at the same refresh rate as the game and it eliminates all of that tearing. It's a much smoother experience. And apparently, variable refresh rate didn't work in in windowed mode. So that will be getting fixed in a in an update that's coming to Windows 11 fairly soon. All right, well that's it for all of our news this week. If you want more details like what else is coming with that Windows 11 gaming update, you can head on over to our website www.thedigitalmediazone.com and we've got links to all of these stories with all of the details you're looking for right there in the show notes. But before we get out of here, we do like to talk about the things that we've been watching or doing in our entertainment centers. But unfortunately, that's not going to take long this week. Richard is is the one that typically has lots of TV shows and movies to talk about. I don't have much. I have basically, well, I played some NHL and I spent a little bit of time just kind of messing around with a couple of things. You know, I played a little bit more of Art of Rally. Uh, but that's pretty much it. It's been a, a pretty low key week for me. I was gone for much of the holiday weekend, so not not nearly as much for me to talk about there. On the audiobook side, I did just finish reading a book that I really enjoyed. It was a book called Effortless, written by Greg McCowan. He wrote another book that I absolutely loved called Essentialism. This is a it's a nonfiction book and effortless is really about the idea of how do you do the things that are important to you in a way that's not so hard. And there's a lot of good tips in here. Like this sounds like a book that could be a a, a 10 minute read on medium or something like that. Right. But there's a lot of really good tips in here that that can really help make your life a little bit easier and and far more productive and hopefully less stressful. So again, that book was called Effortless by Greg McCowan. It's it's good. I definitely, definitely recommend it. Okay, well, that's it for what I've been doing in my entertainment center. If you want to get a hold of us, we're on Twitter. Richard is at Richard Gunther. I'm at Josh Pollard. The website is at DigiMediaZone. All of the rest of our contact information is over at the website, www.thedigitalmediazone.com. And hopefully soon we're going to get back to doing our live shows on Tuesday nights at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. It's best to subscribe to us on Twitch. Follow us there. You'll get notifications when we go live, as soon as we go live. You can also just follow us on Twitter and we tweet when we think we're going to be going live, we'll typically give you uh, a tweet in the afternoon to let you know, yeah, we're doing the show tonight. And then another tweet to let you know when the show is actually live. We love having you around while we're recording the show because it's fun to interact with you while we're doing it. So look for that soon, hopefully next week. That's going to do it for episode 579. I'm Josh Pollard. Thanks for listening to Entertainment 2.0. Adios.